What's up, everybody? This is Mikaela, and this is another episode of the Pretty Much Adult podcast. I have on, of course, again, my dad. Um, this episode might be triggering for some people. We didn't really anticipate recording it. We were kind of going back and forth as to whether or not we wanted to talk about it, but it's kind of hard not to because it's kind of all-consuming. Um, so yeah, I don't even know where to start, where you want to start, um, what the purpose of this was. I don't know. What do you have anything to say to start it off? I don't know where to start. All I can say is I told a friend today, I'm sad. I'm angry. I'm frustrated. I'm fearful, very emotional. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to know where to start. Mm-hmm. Um, again, social media plays a big part in, you know, how we engage in the world. So we know what we know, a lot of what we know because of social media and not the news. I think that's pretty interesting, but, um, I almost want to check in with you, like, and see how you feel. Um, I don't know. I think... This time around is a little bit different. I think, I don't know, I'm a little bit pessimistic this time around. I was explaining to mom earlier that one of the major reasons why, like, I didn't really want to protest or I, like, I'm not really saying too much. Like, I'm not really making my own content. I'm just kind of reposting resources and information is kind of because... I'm afraid that this is a trend. I'm afraid that people are speaking out and being so outraged because you're forced to see this because everyone's home right now. Because I think to me, there's been so many other tragedies that have happened that I am continuously seeing and hearing. And it's like, you know, it's always upsetting. And I'm really, I'm thankful that people are finally saying something. But I just have seen it happen before. I was explaining to mom that when the Black Lives Movement, Black Lives Matter movement first initially started, a lot of people kind of hopped on that bag wa- bandwagon and was just like, you know, keyboard warriors, like saying a lot, not really doing much. Um, there was actually a tweet that is really funny that it said something along the lines of like, oh, I'm not black and I know I won't understand and it was just like one tweet and then it was a reply to that tweet like, all right, that's enough like mm-hmm. protesting today. Like that's enough being like, a, I don't know, just like an ally that day. And that's, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's like my fear because I've seen it happen time and time again. And I don't know, like it was like a lot of things that I kept getting and I was like, I'm just afraid yeah. that people are using this for so- their own intentions you know and I kept seeing like this post that's like oh if you have like a black friend if you're dating somebody black and I was like it's not even about that like you should just care about a human life Mm -hmm. and that's why you should be upset yeah um, it's not like you I feel like you shouldn't have to know a black person to be upset yeah you know (laughs) yeah I don't know so, like, to, for me, I was just like, I'm not going to protest. I was making jokes about it. I was just like, you know, I live it. It should be anyone who's not black should be the ones who are going to these protests and who are standing up for black people. 
And I'm not saying that yeah. black people shouldn't do their part. That's just what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. That's just how I felt emotionally. And I even checked in with a friend and I was like, hey, are you going mm-hmm. to the protest that happened in Fresno? And she was like, no, I couldn't do it. And I was like, you know, me neither. And it's mm-hmm. funny because she and I went to the last Black My- Black Lives Matter protest that was in Fresno I together. That, yeah. So I think her and I, just knowing what we knew from that last mm-hmm. time, I was just like, I don't think I could do that again. Because I just remember I was just so emotional, just like yeah. walking. And I'm just like, like this, this sucks. And yeah. I, I tweeted something about it. I was just like, you know, when you're if you're a non-black person at the protest, make sure that you give black people the platform to say what they need to say Mm -hmm. like they should be the ones speaking because initially they're the ones who are protesting for their own lives to be considered Mm -hmm. and i think that was something that was really like uh like a big meta moment i was like i'm really out here walking for miles and chanting for like me for you for isaiah and like that was just so like what the fuck like why 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 do i have to do this mm-hmm. so yeah, you and even you can even ask yourself why do you have to do that in this day and age yeah and, and i think a lot of the narratives i grew up with i was talking to my nephew today and i, I think about the, the the way i grew up with the co- the social construct of what america is supposed to be and having an understanding like America is, and I, long story, it, it, in my mind as a child, America is this great place that had issues in the past and they worked really hard to try to fix them and work through them. And you become aware of the world at a certain age when you're a child, you, you know, you hear, you hear information, you hear ideas, um, and, then you, and then those ideas get challenged. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, you know, you're free. Free from what? So what's tyranny? You know, tyranny to some people is I don't want to have to wear a mask. I want to be able to shop when I want to shop. Right. I want I want to carry certain types of firearms whenever I want. Mm-hmm. And if you don't allow me that, that's tyranny because it's in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And then you have equal the idea of equal protection under the law and due process. And then there's these little like metaphysical things like just the your dignity um to feel safe in a in a in a space where most people freely operate Mm -hmm. like i I can be in situations where i can feel uncomfortable and but everyone else around me in that space is carefree right Uh, based on people's mannerisms their looks their bumper stickers whatever Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's a different space you operate in. Um, And I would say for me, I guess I had to come to terms with the idea that so many, I've watched so many times that people have been brutalized by the police. Right. Either through personal experience or on media, TV, um, listening to other podcasts. Mm -hmm. And then you get to a point where, well, maybe it's going to get better because I held on to this belief as a kid, like, okay, we have this construct and there's only, it's only a little bit that stray and are only certain people stray and they, and and it's because they, people don't know. And so you think about Colin Kaepernick protesting and he told you, 
Mm-hmm. And you said, "Oh no, it's not that serious." Why? Why? You know, or whatever people in their mind decided wanted to, yeah, to wanted to believe. Mm-hmm. Because the, the second you can find a half-hearted way to argue to have a counter argument to a black person protesting for what they believe, if it makes you uncomfortable, whatever way they do it, they can take a knee or they can burn shit down. It's like they're gonna. They told you, yeah. And even the, like I would even see stuff that Tupac would say. I'm like, man, he was only like 25, 26, 27. And I think, and he was saying similar stuff. I don't want to cut you off, no, and I want you to com- com- I want you to complete your thought. No, no, but I was rambling. I remember I saw a tweet that said like, it's all the kids who watch like nothing happened when Trayvon Martin, mm-hmm. the Trayvon, because I just remember like. Mm-hmm. I was like, there's just no way, there's no way that this person is going to be able to get off. And he did. Mm -hmm. And then it kept happening and it kept happening and then it kept happening. Well, and then too, you got to realize that I, my first experience with black, what I felt felt was black injustice was like 1983, 84. Yeah. Um, Little kid in the back of my mom's car reading through Jet Magazine. And I saw an image of a cartoon image of a, of a person in a noose hung mm-hmm. from a tree so it was the real tree it was the real noose but they used the cartoon image to um recreate in a way and it just really messed my head up yeah looking at that i'm like i was trying to understand what is this and it scared me and i'm trying to understand like how are how is a black person hanging from a tree in 1984 and then i think my sister read it or i was able to read it and figure it out and it said that this Boy got lynched by some racist white people in the South. And I, in my mind, I'm like, they can still do this to us? Yeah. And Because up to that point, I was like, oh, we're good. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. And it, if, it, if something happens, it'll get taken care of. And so I had that. You know, I had all the things I went through as a kid. I told you about my interactions with the police, yeah. getting beat up by the police, mm-hmm. seeing my friend get brutally beaten by the police, mm-hmm. being disrespected by them. And just thinking, well, either it's few and far between or, 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 you know, just trying to just actually, it's almost like a trauma you push down. Right. It's like, okay, that was, that happened. It's gone. And then it comes up again. Mm-hmm. So you got Rodney King. Da, da, da. So you got kids who saw Trayvon Martin who were his age mm-hmm. that saw that happen and saw that injustice, but there's misinformation. Right. So I remember getting something shared from a Facebook post where somebody made like a, it looked like a news program. Mm-hmm. It was it was a green screen. It was a mm-hmm. white dude in a suit, green screen, but he made it look like it was like a CNN newsroom. Right. And they tried to say that Trayvon Martin had traces of opiates in his system, and they made they made the art, but that wasn't admissible in court because they did they did the tox screen. So, so so the argument was he had to be high on lean. That's why he got the skittles and the tea. Lean makes you violent. More than likely, he was violent towards George Zimmerman. He got what he deserved. Long story short, mm-hmm. that's kind of what they said. Right. And so I know there's a lot of misinformation out there. And that's, that's what frustrates me. It's like every time someone died, it seemed like the media made a campaign to show you how much of a piece of shit this person they was still who do. died. Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking you, in my mind. Oh, just I'm, I'm, this my, weekend. No, not this weekend. I'm thinking about Mike Brown. Mm-hmm. And I told you, Mike Brown's pit, every single one of Mike Brown's pictures was him with, without smiling mm-hmm. or sh- throwing up the middle fingers. Mm-hmm. They made him look like, like he was, tr- like he deserved to die. Mm-hmm. And 
I and like again, my social media information told me different stuff the news didn't show. Right. I saw a video of people who said they witnessed the officer shoot him with his hands up. It was two construction workers that said, "Hey, what are you doing?" Yeah. He had his hands up. Mm -hmm. So, and that's where my frustration lies. And now, I mean, so I mean, I, I'm probably gonna get emotional at some point, but long story short is, I, I'm now I'm upset. Now I don't have faith in the system. Now I don't have faith in the media to do what they should have done from the very beginning is be honest instead of sensationalized. See, and you feel that way, and I've felt that way mm -hmm. for a long time. And I think, I don't know, maybe it's just because of what I know, like being in the career that I am and what I know about the news and what I know yeah. about like sensationalization. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I I pretty much was raised by social media. I get all my news from social media and it's like firsthand people are actually there. So there's no misconstrue mm -hmm. of like what the truth actually is. So it's like, I don't know. I know you were just like, Oh, you know, like the media is this. I mean, I'm like, yeah, they're, they're feeding you what they're told to feed you. And, and I guess it, it's more of, there's no excuse now. If you dig enough, you'll learn the truth. I know yeah. it's a lot of misinformation, but there's people who don't want to know that. Yeah, and, and I have to struggle with that. I'm, I'm not sure about my group of people that are either my social media friends or my colleagues or acquaintances. But I'm like, the more I think about it, the, that, I think that's what breaks my heart. It's like, this is totally unnecessary on every level. People shouldn't lose their life for selling loose cigarettes or writing checks. Yeah, I think that was one of the main arguments I've always internalized. It's just like, yeah. even if, even if these people are committing these crimes, yeah. that just gives you the green light to kill them. Like that just yeah. doesn't make sense to me. And to unfortunately, that's the narrative I've heard. And there's, um, I think this guy is still in jail. It's a, um, his name is Mamiya Abu Jamar, mm -hmm. and he was a, he was a report. He was a free, I call him freedom fighter. Freedom fighter. I think he was an investigative reporter in Philadelphia. He would always investigate the police for corruption and brutality, and. I, I learned his story and the narrative is he killed a cop and that's why he's on death row now. He still hasn't been executed yet. This has been like years when you were a kid mm -hmm. and I'm, I've deviled into the story and it's like, there's more to his story. People need to know the whole story. Yeah. Angela Davis has a similar story yeah. and I'm like, okay, if you're supposed to, to, are you supposed to tell the truth or is it all sensational? Like you said, you've always known this. And I think that's where my frustration lies. It's like there's truth. And in the world we've had with this new president, alternative facts and false truth, people are willing to accept. Right. So it's, it's harder to make an argument now. And that's what I guess is kind of scary to me. Like, again, if this wasn't on the news, if this didn't get footage, oops, if this didn't get any footage, would we even know about it? Will we even be where we are now? And that's, this wasn't, and that's this something wasn't I've seen a lot. Like people are just like, imagine all the stuff we don't see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how it was when I lived in LA. Like I said before, Rod, people probably think Rodney King was the first the case. The first of, case, yeah. Since the Watts riot. So I grew up hearing about the Watts riots, going to Watts and saying, oh, this is where this mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. And even thinking it was black people's fault. And then my grandmother told me the story. My grandmother told me the story about the man trying to get his wife who was pregnant, having a baby, to the hospital. He got pulled over. Police was messing with him and beat him up. I think he, I don't think he killed him. He might have killed him. I don't know. I can't recall offhand. But that's just what 
you've heard. Mm -hmm. It's everybody who's experienced that injustice and those indignities. You know, I mean, again, there were times that, and, you know, people say what they want. There's good cops and there's bad cops. And living in L.A., I can literally say I ran into one good cop. Mm -hmm. I mean, this was literally an officer who stopped to talk to me and tried to encourage me to do good in school. Yeah. And his partner was 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 harsh and it was female and in hindsight i was thinking not really giving people benefit that's like she probably had it really hard and had to prove herself but it was all talk she was harsh because it was all talk but i'm trying to remember if that was it but i don't know if i i think i ran into him after i got dealt with the police officer who beat me up so it was like police officer who beat me up long story with two with two of my friends we were graffiti writers tagging um only one of us was at the time and some, I wasn't, other friend wasn't, one was. Some citizens said, hey, those kids writing on wall, stop them. Yeah. So he pulled us over. Um, he, and so we, ha we always had this thing about dealing with the police. It was like, we kind of knew rules. Like, one, if you run, if they catch you, they're going to beat you up. Yeah. Um, pretty much complying was going to, you'll be okay, just comply. And you'll, you should be fine. Um. No, again, jabbed me a few times in the back with his flashlight. Um, tried to crush my knuckles when he told me to interlock my hands. Um, tried to put me in a wrist lock, but he didn't do it right. And so, I mean, and when in hindsight, I realized like he was my same height. I was only like five seven at the yeah. time. He was like my same height. He was skinny dude. Mm -hmm. um, probably had Napoleon complex. Yeah. So, I'm like, but I tell you, the first time he hit me in the back, I was like, I'm gonna die. I just, I just knew in my mind. Yeah. I was about 15 at the time. Mm -hmm. I'm like, he's going to kill me and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. And that's the thing, though. Like, yeah, I've seen a lot of people who are like, oh, there's people who are just recording when this shit happens. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I know if I was in that position, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to do anything. And, and that's my color skin. I wouldn't be able to do anything. And, and you have to do what you know. And I think there was and I hate to say that when that happened, I, I was. I, how do I describe this? I felt bad because as soon as we knew the police were coming, because we had some distance in between us, my friend took off. He has he had spray paint. He mm -hmm. took off, and I was like, "Dang, well, he's gone." I was gonna, I was gonna make up like I didn't know him. I was just with him, whatever. But um, he got up, he got up, up to us as soon as he hit me in the back. I said he went that way. <laughs> I felt bad, like oh shit, I snitched on my friend. But it was just this extreme terror and fear that came over. He hit me a few more times. And the crazy part was he tried to do the same thing to my friend, but one he had on a bigger coat. He tried to hit him a few times, rough him up. He had on a bigger coat. But at the time, my friend was like 6'1 already. Mm -hmm. He was like younger than me. He was already 6'1. So the officer's like looking up at my friend like yeah. this. So I always like that Frank Ocean song, Chanel. Um, he said, how you looking up to me and talking mm -hmm. down? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That means little things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say, and I've had the – wrestle with was that really a beating compared to what I've seen other people go through I felt like guilt saying that sure but I realized psychologically it really messed me up sure so like for, I was sore for like a week just I don't know how hard he hit me but mm -hmm. at the time I know for a week I would like move and I'm like ah oh, shit my back mm -hmm. and I was trying to joke about it but I remember a couple of weeks after it happened it was a couple of things I remember I remember what he looked like I kind of remember his his partner mm -hmm. and so I remember like after he got through dealing with me like he pushed me that back down on the ground. So you got to keep your hands behind your back. Mm -hmm. and get on your knees. And I turned around. Oh, no, no. Actually, he, 
no, I want to be, I want to make sure I tell the story right. He didn't make me get back on my knees. I remember I was standing up, but I remember I turned to look at his partner and it was a female and she, um, she put her head down. Yeah. So it was like, I didn't, I like, I didn't see what happened. Yeah. It was that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of weeks after it all went down, I remember the, the numbers on the police cars, they have numbers on the, on the trunk. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing that car and I was so overcome with fear. Like I ran and I hear, I hit behind the car. Yeah. And then I'm like, I don't want to feel like this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be afraid of the person who should be here to protect me. Right now. I've told this story before and I've had people in so many words say, well, you probably shouldn't have been doing what you were doing. And it's kind of like, well, why is that okay for a 15 year old to do right. that to a 15 year old boy? Right. I mean, does what I was, what even it, like, again, I wasn't doing anything. I was guilty by association. Yeah. But let any, cause again, LA has white graffiti writers. They're, Everywhere. They're, 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 I mean, I yep. know white graffiti writers. They're yep. pretty good. Mm-hmm. And murals, listen, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I would say no white kid in Southern California would have. Nah, to be fair, I don't know. Right. But the white writers I knew, they were rich kids. They right. lived out. They lived out by Westwood. Mm-hmm. And they were good. But I don't think they would have gone through that. At least I don't know. Right. So then you feel injustice. Then you start to hate the police. Then you say, fuck the police. Fuck them all. Or whatever you feel because you know there's injustice and people don't listen. And then you see more film and you say, look, look, see, I'm telling you, like Rodney King, look, see, yeah. finally. Yeah. Oh, no. And then the next one and then the next one. So yeah. it's like, I guess I've reached that point to where and that's why I posted what I posted. I'm like, what is it going to take? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I was talking about this a little earlier today. And I've seen a lot of posts that are like, oh, I'm so thankful that this protest was peaceful, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, and if it wasn't, why should that matter? Like the reason I think people are thinking that the reason why protests turns into riots that turned into looting is they're just like, oh, these people are just like so crazy. They just don't know how to handle like what's going on. But it's it's emotional because I remember the first time that we did the Black Lives Matter um, protest and we were walking through Clovis mm-hmm. and I remember there was these people on all four corners of this intersection that were taunting us mm-hmm. they were taunting us they were all Trump supporters they were taunting us and like trying to get in all our faces and I will say that during this protest it was I feel like it was a majority of black people who were there mm-hmm. and some people fed into it mm-hmm. and so they like started walking up and they started and i was just like i've seen this happen before mm-hmm. and i was like and that could have been bad but it didn't end up mm-hmm. being bad but it's just like i don't know i think i have a friend who tweeted something along the lines it's like how can you be upset that people are rioting and looting when this country is literally built off of violence it was built yes. and founded on violence yeah, somebody said our country is built on an indian burial ground that's what i'm saying i feel like that bringing slaves over violence Mm -hmm. (laughs) making sure those slaves continue to be slaves yeah still violent and and so like i'm not playing devil's advocate this is just what i used to believe i used to believe like, oh well you just don't know how brutal the slave trade was if you watch gone with the wind you really think slavery is not that bad i've had teachers that tell me told me that in high school it's like it wasn't that bad and didn't you you kind of benefit because you're here now it's like a free trip historically you yeah know what I, mean? I mean i just i just i feel like there's so much that we don't know 
Uh, obviously there's so much we don't know because the history really wasn't written for us i mean but the books are there i mean and I, maybe i didn't do the i, I did a, the best job i could to teach you what i knew at the time i had but there's no excuse now yeah there's like i mean there's a there's books i'm gonna get, i have to buy them i mean i know yeah. there's one called the broader file mm -hmm. from the broader file that really truly goes into the history of africa and up i mean there's there's so much history i know we're going off a little bit tangent, yeah. but history is important um there's so much history before the slave trade and people really think African contribution to this country is only art and music and free labor. Right. We had and sports. all agriculture. We had goods that all, everybody wanted. The whole entire world wanted. Well, the science and the art and the astronomy and the surgery yeah. and Imhotep was not a white, mm -hmm. was not a white Greek looking dude. He was African. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, I want to think what you just don't know, but then there's no excuse. Yeah, I think it also goes back to, I don't know, I think. Well, and I don't want to cut you off, but then there's the book, I don't think I told you lies, my teacher told me you yeah. read that too. And so then there's a, a willingness to be dishonest about history. Right. So then if you're willing to be dishonest about history, you're willing to be dishonest about the people you leave out of it. Right. And th their contribution and their value. So, Which leads to what happens. And what I would say about the riot is this. I, this is probably the last time I'm going to be like super profane. But um, one of the really another traumatic thing that happened to me is I um, I saw the aftermath of one of my good friends who got beat up by Culver City BD. And, and I remember I saw him. I'm, I'm going to be honest with my words. I saw how bad he was beaten in the face. I mean. I said, in my mind, I thought it had to be three people who jumped my friend. I said, whoever those niggas are, we're going to kill them, motherfucker. Yeah. And I said, I'm not going to let you do my friend like that. Yeah. So uh, this was a dude that was, a cool, I mean, he was a good dude. He was a good, I mean, his family was cool. He would give me rides to school at randomly. You know, he was like, he. I wanted to be him. Like, I mm -hmm. idolized him. He was like the coolest dude on our block. Mm -hmm. And I see him walking around with like an ice pack on his jaw and his eyes swollen. And he's all, he's all jacked up in the face. And I'm like, and I asked, I said, who did it? Because we got, we, we going to get him. I said, no, we're going to get him. Because, I mean, even if it was just three random dudes, like, you don't, he didn't deserve that. Right. From anybody, period. Right. Let alone the police. And they told me what happens. I was like, oh, Cobra City PD beat him up. I was like, well, and then the first thing I said was, well, what did he do? And I even think about that thought. That he had to even do something? But not that, like, he... He like he must have done something. Right. I'm like, what could he have done to deserve that? Right. Because I know him. Mm -hmm. And then they was like nothing. They pulled him over. He I mean, for the story, I think he honestly said, "What the fuck you pulled me over for?" Yeah. And then he said, as soon as he said that, they pull him out, and start beating him up. Yeah. And I don't so, know. I just think it's crazy. Did you see that video of those two college students who got pulled out of their car? They were just driving through the riot trying to get home. Where? Uh, I can't remember where it was off the top of my head. You I'm know, getting so much. I know I, so that happened. Much. That happened during the LA riots too. It was like um. So I'm worried about that. Thing. It's it's was actually really sad, but it's in is the video is the perfect depiction of like what I've kept saying, which I want to get back to. Yeah. It was like a white girl in a car in front of them, and it was like a camera pointing towards the two cars, and the white girl's like smiling and like waving at the camera. And all these police officers like surround this these kids' cars, mm -hmm. and they're like trying to open the door, and they were just like, I can tell they're just like, what are we doing? Like, 
we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to leave essentially trying to explain to them and then like officer starts like using his baton to like break the window hmm. and then he like opens the door and like rips the girl out and then they're trying to like rip the guy out of his driver's seat and he's still buckled in and they like are smashing the window there's like glass all over the place and they just rip him out because they just assumed that they're at the protest and this has to do with the curfew like as soon as the curfew hit they were like trying to you know catch people but they literally were just trying to go home mm-hmm. they weren't involved with anything that happened and i'm just like you guys see it it's even still as as people are upset about these exact same thing that's happening yeah. you can see it in real time yeah. it's still happening yeah. and i'm that's what i think is super upsetting yeah. is i told you i had a friend who was like things are going to change after this and yeah. i was like i want to believe that but this has happened so many times before yeah. so many times and it's exhausting yeah. It's exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's so tiring to be like, this sucks. Like, hey, look at us. Pay attention to us. Like, this isn't okay. Treat us like human beings. Mm-hmm. But no. I think something might change. That's me being pessimistic. And it I, could, and it I could. can understand your frustration. I think, I think it will. I think because of the situation we're in now, a lot of people don't have the excuse to ignore it. They can, but it's going to come back. And it, it probably will happen again. Yeah, and that's another but, thing but I wanted to say But I think the responses too. are going to begin to change. I don't know. I'm hoping for the best. I'm expecting the worst. Mm-hmm. So that why either way, I won't be surprised. Okay. But I did also want to talk about like all the people who can just ignore it. There's been a lot of posts that are like, oh, you know, like in my privilege, and it's true. Like mm-hmm. I've seen people like. It's not that I'm like, I don't want to see you guys having fun, but I don't, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I think that there's just a time and a place. Like, you know, read the room. essentially. Like if yeah. nobody wants to see you having a good time, think, if you're not but, saying anything but I think about feeds anything. are funky because I think you don't know what other people see on their feed. What purpose did it serve that person to post their fun? Um, maybe they needed that release. I, I think people's thresholds are different. I've even like posted some funny stuff too. I had to post my favorite. But I think that's different for me and you. Yeah. For black people. Mm -hmm. I think we have a right to do whatever we want during this time. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it's like the other people who really need to say something. Cause I think it all goes back. It all goes back to like, they're just not listening to us. So if other people are saying Mm -hmm. it, maybe they'll listen to you. You made a really good point. And I think that's where we're probably going to start tightening this up. I think it's always been, white people please help us yeah deal with this because i know you have power exactly and you can pretend you don't but they'll probably listen to you before they listen to me Mm -hmm. um i've seen videos where there have been white allies who have stood in front and that's what i think needs to continue to happen because you you know i've seen a i just saw a video the other day it was a police officer that like pushed someone i don't know if it was like a man or a woman but i knew they were definitely a person of color and she physically this tiny little white woman physically put herself in between the officer and those people and he didn't do anything it's almost like magic i hate to say (laughs) this but i saw i don't know if you saw the one where they were protesting like city hall or and they were in some kind of courtroom Mm -hmm. and i swear it might have been only like one like one or three black people it's a bunch of white people protesting the situation and it seemed like all of the the 
officers were going after the black people. So they literally made a shield around this, these mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and the officers would try to go around them and they would even say, look, they're doing the same thing. Exactly. Like wh- they, they would stand up on the table. All they would all stand up on the table. They would like rush the black. Good, then they would all stand up on the table and get in their way and they would still try to go around. Them. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like they're, is there like a mental issue involved here? Like, is there Maybe. like a mental? Maybe. I think, mental. I think for me, the way, the best way I can process why this keeps happening is I'm just like, there has to be some sort of like message that they're getting that um, black and brown people are scary and you need to be scared of them. Well, that and comes that's from the training. I remember I came across it on YouTube. I forgot what it's called. YouTube. And then there was a, there was a, a show about it. I forgot the name of it. There's a particular training involved that basically tells police officers, do These what you, the people. no, no. It's like, do what you have to do to go home every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had, I've talked to officers and they've explained some of the rules that they can follow. Like I know one of the, I know something somebody told me was if an officer believes that you've committed a crime and they're in pursuit of you and you get out and run if I if they believe you're a danger to to the world, they can shoot and kill you. Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, I don't know how true it is. I don't know if it's everybody's procedure. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to put anything out there because right. I was just talking to them. But but they were like the so I think the issues are the procedures. But then they go through training that says your world is dangerous. You got to go home every day. Which is true. That's true. And it's what being also, a police officer is a dangerous oh, thing. I, I agree. I agree. But yes, it's a choice. And that's what I think the entire argument about blue lives versus black lives. It's like, that's a job. You get to take off your uniform. You get to go back to your family. We're in it 24-7, 365. If if you didn't wear your uniform, would I know you're a police officer? No. I mean, maybe. I'm I'm black 365 (laughs) days a year. That's what I'm saying. And one of the fundamental things is hearing stories that the Justice Department, the FBI, they know there are systemic issues of racism and white supremacy in these police officers. Mm-hmm. They're in the military, too. Mm-hmm. I've, I've read the articles, mm-hmm. and it's like, and especially the one about the military, that upset me. It's like they say white supremacists go to the military so they can train in tactics, and they know it, but they need soldiers. That's the same thing with police officers. They know what they're dealing with. Um there was a documentary called Bastards of the Party where they, they talked about how the, you heard of Chief Daryl Gates. That was the one that was the chief during the Rodney King beating and all that stuff. Yeah. His mentor, the guy he trained under purposely went to the South to recruit, recruit LAPD. He looked for racist Southern whites to recruit to police LA. He went all the way across the country. Yeah. Because he wanted a particular type. Right. So he you look for a type to police the ghetto, to police the black communities. There's there's that mentality. There's that theory that the officers that do what they do in black communities would never be asked to police white communities. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't put them there. Mm-hmm. Honestly, maybe that can be our argument for not all cops are bad cops. Like, that's just the cops that we get. That's just the cops that are Man. placed in our districts, that are placed in our neighborhoods. That's just what we see. And 
and I, I have the unique perspective of living in a big city and a small city. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to Hanford, I've had some decent experiences with police officers. I had some not so decent experiences with police officers. Um, but for the most part, I was cool. Hanford, man, same. I mean, Hanford, uh, Sanger, same thing. Mm-hmm. Fresno. I, I, I know some officers on the force and yeah. I know officers all over. So when I see these stories, I'm like, I see these issues of corruption in these different areas. I heard about corruption in Oakland and, mm-hmm. and here I think about where my loved ones are and it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. It should be, this is the standard. This is who you are. This is what you're expected to do. And when you don't do these things, then there's a system in place to deal with you. Is it, complete retribution is it jail time is Mm -hmm. it okay there's a thing called truth and reconciliation that they did in south africa where they say you know what we can't fix this problem unless we just get it all out in the open everybody say what you did with no and and we can't deal with consequences we have to just try to fix it if you tell me everything you did during the course of your time during apartheid as a police officer or you robbed and killed white people as, as a black citizen or whatever happened Let's just get it all out and let's try to heal from it. I'm not saying that's the answer, but that's what something that that's just, that's, I'm not, I'm not personally saying that's what to do. I'm just saying, I'm saying that could be a step to say, why are white supremacists allowed, allowed in the police force? Yeah. If you can get, or do you even want them out? That's a question. Do, do you know they're <laughs> That's there? That's a major question. Okay, so do you know that whether there's white supremacists, whether there's drug dealers, whether there's pimps, whether there's thieves, whether there's people who um, rob dope dealers? What do you know? Because internal affairs is le- the most hated, you know, thing department, in the po- yeah. department of mm-hmm. the police force, and it's a system that is so corrupt that we often find a way to stop talking about it. It's the protesters' fault. It's Antifa's fault. Mm-hmm. It's agitators, and because it always turns into a police brute beating, death, protest, riot, repeat. Right. So the system never changes. All the attention goes to the riot. It dies down, and then it happens again. Yeah. Well, I saw recently that the NAACP has written down like a list of commands, mm-hmm. which I was glad. Mm-hmm. Because I'm just like, yes, protesting is amazing. We have their attention. But if we don't say these are the exact things that need to happen and need to change. Well, this is an election year. And if Joe Biden wants my vote, (laughs) if he thinks I'm not going to vote for him because I'm not black, I'm going (laughs) to not vote for you because I don't trust your history of dealing with the black community. Yeah, but I mean, again, you can research Biden. Not trying to be mean, but sometimes he can't talk right. Yeah. I don't trust that. Yeah. What's wrong with your brain, bro? I don't know. I don't know. This is, it's all very interesting. But it's election year. So, I mean, we can. I don't even feel like that fucking matters anymore. Like, well, I th- well, based I, on our choices. I understand that. But you got to think globally, act locally. It is an election year. So now with your vote, you make a demand. You get my vote when you can say what you're going to do. I Like, again, I lived through Clinton. Mm-hmm. Bush, Big Bush, Little Bush, Little Bush, Obama, mm-hmm. and I remember when Clinton got elected, I was happy, and I remember this guy said, "It's not gonna matter." Yeah, now, well, now that we like, know no. what we know, I was like, "No." Now that I've seen what I've seen, it's yeah. Wild. So this is the thing. 
okay, who's our mayor? I don't even know who our mayor is. For Madeira? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know who's in my, who whose district I'm in. Mm-hmm. I don't but know. That, I don't know. That, they should be coming to you if they're serving the community. If you're a district person, I that's how it should be. Because, okay, let me say, there's a district woman in Oakland. I'm not going to name her by names. But she has been at every single event that I ever went to when I worked for Visit Oakland. And people knew her and people loved her because she was involved with her district. She went to every single community event. Oh, I'm sorry. So what was so she's making herself visible. There's a difference between visibility and my responsibility. as And I think she's also accessible, though. Okay. Because if she's at every event, if she's with the community, people know her by name. You know who's the most accessible congressman in our area? Devin Nunes. Yeah, that's not you. I I know where his office is. He's not even my representative. Yeah. I know. I can see. I can text him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He got a podcast. Mm -hmm. I can call it. So. That's what. So it's my responsibility to know who runs my show. Right. This is an election year. One. That's on you to know. That's, that. on, that's on me to know. I yes. need to know what they stand for and what they're willing to do to make my community better. I am blessed and privileged to live in a place where I feel safe as probably safe as I've felt in the very like the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. I've lived in communities where I've been robbed. My grandmother has been robbed. You know, held up at gunpoint, shots fired in the air. Friends been robbed, house broken into, scare walk down the street. So it's like I don't have that anymore. So now I'm kind of like, okay, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Whoever's doing it, just keep it up. Yeah. I don't know what Madeira P- sheriffs are like. Yeah. Because sheriffs run us. I met one the other day. We had a seem seemed like we had a cool conversation. I don't know where his heart is though. Right. That was just one conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it's like in the city of Madeira. We live in the outskirts. Yeah. But Fresno's a different story. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm doing that. Yeah, Plus, I, I know some friends. I'm pretty, pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of things. So let's get into like what we could view as solutions so we can like put yeah. a little bow on it because we can go on night. So I, I, well, I, I ramble, but I preface it by saying I'm in a good spot right now. I, not, I still have these little fears and worries, but ever since I moved to the Central Valley until I had an issue in, in Hanford mm-hmm. since then, I've had no, oh wait, well, we had that one issue with Fresno sheriffs. It was when I was in college, they pulled us over. They claimed we switched lanes in the intersection. We looked suspect. And they looked, stopped, looked at us. My friend was mad and they let us go. Yeah. That was like the last issue I had since I've been in college. So I would say to you, knowing what, like, if I was that 15-year-old boy that experienced what I experienced then, if it was happening right now, you have to know what your representatives stand for. Yeah. And and killer, and bother them about it. Well, not only that, Killer Mike had a really, really good. Yeah. Con- it's an eight minute. The eight minute video. I don't know if you saw all eight minutes. I didn't. You got. But look- I've saw. I've seen a good majority of it. Okay, the eight minute speech is really good. But we talked about this. Um, I would like to see an annual report of complaints. Yes, that was something that we both quarterly. About. Ooh, I can see a quarterly report too. I think if I especially this is what I said when we were talking about it. I think if a department is serving the people then the people should know exactly what's going on in that department. If every other aspect and department and business in the city that serves the community has to report on like how much money they're spending, you know, all that stuff. Why is that not the same thing? 
and and to be fair, Fresno does have his issues. I have to put, I have to really speak to that if I'm going to speak to anything else. Fresno PD does have his issues. Um, I I do appreciate that there are body cams. You think about situ- at least that's a layer of accountability. Um, I believe there's accreditation that's in place. I mean, you have to under. I'm going to have to do my research, but what does that mean for a department to be accredited right. and by who and who do, who is doing the accreditation? Right. Um, what does that mean? You're right. Um, to have an idea of how many complaints your department get, get, has and the demographics involved and the breakdown of those. Are they young people? Are they old people? And let's even go as far as to think about our special needs people, people who may not have a, have a true understanding of social interactions mm-hmm. and ways to deal mm-hmm. if they're on the autism spectrum or if they're low functioning. Are they being treated fairly? So uh, like that, those breakdowns would be important. Uh, Community Oversight Committee or Citizens Oversight Committee. Like a liaison between the community and the mm-hmm. police department. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the safest bet only because I mm-hmm. don't, not that I'm going to say it. I don't trust anybody in the department to mm-hmm. do what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. I need someone from the outside, from the community to come and say like, this I, is I, a. I would say a community slash external review at a federal level or state level. Somebody who doesn't, who's not connected, that doesn't have to worry about retribution. Right. Okay. I, I'm just thinking from that term, like I wouldn't have want to worry about retribution if it's uh, I saw this officer right. take money That's or true. Uh, he beat me up, and mm-hmm. then now I want to file a complaint. And nothing gets done. Right. Um, let's start. Yeah, that's a start. And I think from like the oh, mic. Oh. One more thing. Sorry. Go for it. Um, training. Um, they talk about de-escalation techniques, but talk about recognizing when it's time. I, and I have to separate this. There are it, there is the issue of white supremacy in police forces, but there are, there's also the issue of officers who have been traumatized to a point to where their stress level, their home life is affected by the things they see every day. So I had um, I went to a training with a police officer uh, when I worked at a group home, and he explained how he said, "Look," he said, "Sometimes we go on calls." where we see the most heinous things in the world. Right. And then right after that call, we write up the report. Um, we pull you over for running a lighter speed mm-hmm. and, and you give us attitude. Mm-hmm. I, we, I really don't want right. to, I really don't want your attitude after I saw yeah. this. And, and I told, I told you about the friend of mine I knew who used to be, he, he got an education, used to be officer. And he told me about, he told me stories that, that I literally saw how bad they traumatized him and they involved children. And so, and he was telling me about how he walked in of this heinous thing that happened. I don't want to talk about it. It, it. it still bothers me to this day. And he said, I just can't get that smell out of my head. So there has to be training, but there also has to be mental health support. Definitely. Because if you're every day, you're, it's trauma by, uh, by proxy. Mm-hmm. Every day you're seeing this stuff and dealing with this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's going to burn you out. And sure. You're, you're internalizing all that. And and the one thing I do feel for, last thing, I swear, I I forgot where I was. It was like a period of like a month where I'd see a police officer about to sit down and eat his lunch and he'd get a call. And he would literally be, and he would, and he was about to eat and he, so-and-so responded, he had to leave. He said, sorry, I got to go. And I'm so like, so think about their workload, their mental health. Sure. There's a, Um, there's a lot of different factors to that. I think we even talked about the process of like, if an incident happens with an officer, they should put be one go to therapy, 
talk about whatever happened, then be put on desk. You know, like a due processes of like how things should yeah, almost go. Almost like a decompression, kind of. Thing. And I think it's something that you said is really important about the therapy thing. Is I remember when they were talking about the OJ case. Mm-hmm. And that one main officer who was saying, he was like, I knew I was racist. Like he admitted Mm -hmm. on the TV, in the documentary. And he's like, I should not have been on this case. Like he said it. You see there that, but I also remember he tried to go out on like mental health leave and they wouldn't let him. Yeah. And I thought that really tripped me out. And I think he didn't know that they put that in that documentary. I'm sure he probably because he interviewed so freely for that. And he was, and he was, he was, he's always been fairly arrogant to me. So I really, I don't want to say I don't care, but when they revealed, they, they showed his paperwork. Mm-hmm. They said he was trying to get like early retirement due to the stress from the job. And I'm like, well, that's real. And they, right. and they denied him. So then what do you do? But he was in Brentwood. Yeah. I mean, I'm, 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 I mean, yeah. <laughs> Hold on, man. He's a Brentwood cop. It's pretty, it's pretty nice out there. Yeah. So that, I guess that's our little spiel on like how we, would hope that this, I guess, would s- happen less frequently, mm-hmm. um, you know, to people who are outraged, who may not be black. I don't really have advice for you. I don't know what to tell you. I have to let people feel how they feel. Yeah. I, I look at intention and, and I know you're pretty, you're pretty savvy about social norms for this generation. Um, and that we're not too different. But, you know, I, I would just say switch to more of what you want. Like um, I heard a, I heard something. I saw something that talked about how, how our chants are very important. So when we protest, yeah, um, same thing with thoughts and intention and the words become in actions. So, you know, you say hands up, don't shoot. Or you say no justice, no peace. Mm-hmm. Or you say I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to speak to what you want. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard. Just like. How I said, may God multiply unto you everything you wish for me. I found myself in that state because I was so upset. Mm-hmm. I was so upset. Like, I am, you're, I f- I'm feeling this energy towards me. I want it multiplied onto you because I can't take it. Right. Let alone, I need, it sometimes it's vindictive. I need you to feel what I feel. Maybe you'll have some sympathy. Definitely. But the reality is, I needed to change my energy to something positive. I really need to ask for God to multiply on to me what I want for everyone else. So if it were to be, I can't breathe, I know this, this sounds kind of weird, I can breathe, or I am breath, or I am life. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say, hands up, don't shoot. Um, that's a tough one. Um, to twist? I, that, that's a tough one. I, can't think I of feel it. like that's a solid demand, though. That's, I don't feel like that's anything negative. That's something that's you're asking. Point. That's a really good it's point. It's just an ask. That's actually a really good point. But you could say, no justice, no peace. You can't flip that, because me and my nephew talked about that. So no justice, no peace. there's nothing there that's not speaking to what you want you want actually hands up don't shoot does it really does hands up don't shoot i mean yeah that's that's fair that's fair but no justice no peace um he said you can say um i am justice i am peace okay and so i think that's one of the most important things to, to try to do is to be as positive as you can possibly be because you are going to filter through a lot of information. Right. Um, I found myself filtering through things that I thought were current that weren't. So I was being bombarded by all these images, all this imagery mm-hmm. and it wasn't even 
stuff from this year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think for me, I definitely have stopped watching a couple. Like if I see a protest video, I don't really watch it. I think I'm like at maximum capacity for I think so that too. stuff. I would just say, yeah, I would just say actually take a break. Yeah, I'm at maximum capacity for images, for videos, all that stuff. I don't think I could do it anymore, which is, you know, that's just me personally. But I don't know. I think one of the major things that I would tell people who don't really know what to do is like a lot a lot of people who I know are like really good at like giving information and I think that's one of the best things you can do if you can't you know fund these organizations or like go and protest Mm -hmm. and anyone who's listening to this and if they have any questions you can definitely ask me because there are some people who don't want to explain Mm -hmm. on behalf of the community but you know I mean if you're listening to this podcast I probably know you Mm -hmm. so I'm okay with talking about it yeah same here another thing i didn't think about too and somebody made a good point is that this is expensive for people people who protest often get arrested yeah um and what martin luther king had the benefit of is that the black celebrities at the time would fund his his fund his movement right um so there are people who need need to be bailed out i would not want to sit in the jail cell right now as a pro as a protester of police brutality right. and injustice yeah. definitely um men- mentally that would not be healthy i would say contribute to someone's bail fund i mean they have the right to due process they can go to court um also if you can um contribute to their defense yes definitely and i don't know find find ways the internet is a beautiful place made with a lot of like black creators black journalists black organizers who have more information than we have Mm -hmm. so definitely just research <laughs> that's probably the best thing i can it, say there's really no excuse if you can take the time to watch a football game or binge watch something you could take the time to research what you can do you can find a reputable source um and just dig like i would tell you guys to dig don't look at the first page that pops up on your search and just it, it'll find you I yeah, think go to the third o of google that's a good <laughs> I at think least the third o of I've, google I like that. I, li- I believe the righteous things will find you if you if your intent is to be righteous and helpful. Yes, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, nobody cried during this episode, so that was a good oh, thing. I did all my crying like today and yesterday. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think if you know someone who is black, if you don't, honestly, I've had a lot of friends reach out to me and tell me that they're thinking of me. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is really, really good, That's good for me personally. It's okay. To cry it might not be that way for other people because I know it was kind of getting overwhelming after a while and I haven't really texted everyone back who's texted me. Yeah. But definitely check on your friends because it's it's exhausting to exist in this time and to exist in this climate and to exist under this presidency. It's, 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 it's exhausting to exist a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think if you are, if any of my black listeners are listening, do what you can to give yourself joy. If you need to take a break, take a break. If you, you know, need to go on a rant, go on a rant, like whatever works for you. I don't feel like, to be honest, I'm gonna keep it real. If you're a black person, don't let anybody tell you what you can and cannot say right now because there's just no place for it. But yeah. 
I agree. You have to do what you have to do to be okay. Yep. So do it safely. Yep. Um. Yeah. So that's the end of the episode. We will be back. I have officially set a schedule. We're doing an episode every other Monday. So you can look forward to that every other Monday. Um, yeah. So listen to this episode. Listen to past episodes. If you need a good pick me up. We got some positive ones in the last couple ones. Um, so yeah. I will t- I would, I would say if you ask me from this point on to tell any stories, I'll try to make them funny. Okay. All right. Okay. I got some funny. All right. Bye, everybody.